minute one of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Rob. And we are not joined by anyone this week. Nope, it's just us. We're just we're we're just the two of us having a lot of fun this week. Minute one starts with the logo for the Mirish Company presents. And it ends with the credit for Carl Otto Alberti. Okay, uh, so this was it, it was it was actually a lot of fun watching this movie. Just for everyone to know, this this is uh, one of my favorite movies, and that's uh, one of the reasons why we chose to do this as the minute by minute. I have seen this movie so many times. We'll, we'll at some point get into the real history of of where I started seeing it, and uh, you know how it became one of the one of my favorite films. But uh, I've never taken the 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 risk of doing what I'm doing now of watching it one minute at a time and the truth is it's really amazing seeing things from this perspective because you really get to uh, to to focus on things and see things that you didn't uh, think about beforehand and I mean as as Tom already mentioned this minute it just deals with credits that's all we got but what I really like about this movie and it it uh, is is one of the few movies from that time that actually did this. Um, there's actually something going on during the credits. It, it gives a lot of contrast, especially when you know what the, what the, the movie's about and what uh, what everything is going to be uh, dealing with. So, as Tom mentioned, we, it starts off with the Mirish Company. Now, who's the Mirish Company? It's a big question that I'm sure a lot of you possibly have. Uh, the truth is, the, the Mirish Company was was uh, a, a pretty uh, big production company around the, in the '60s. It was uh, started by three brothers. You have uh, Walter Mirisch, Marvin Mirisch, and Harold Mirisch. And uh, they started a production company, and uh, they actually had some uh, great hits uh, in the course of their uh, career together of doing this. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, The Great Escape is, is among them. Uh, in my opinion, it's probably one of their best, if not the best. Uh, they also did The Magnificent Seven. Uh, they did In the Heat of the Night. They also did West Side Story. So we're we're talking about uh, a production company that that uh, had a lot of success at the time, and this is one of the films that they they really were able to 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 give us so much with uh, by producing this uh, movie. I have to say, before looking into this, I had never heard of these guys before, and part of that is I very rarely pay that much attention to production companies and you were listing some of their big ones and yeah they've done three with steve mcqueen this great escape magnificent seven and they also did the original thomas crown affair and magnificent seven is going to come up pretty regularly in this show i feel like just given the overlap but yeah it was amazing to me that this company I've never heard of has done so many major blockbusters and cultural icons. You know, they did, like Rob said, West Side Story. They also did Fiddler on the Roof, two of what a lot of people consider the best musicals put to film. And so, yeah, I was really impressed by their resume. Other thing, you know, Rob mentioned we get this caravan driving through the German countryside that, you know, once you know what it is, it adds a different level of meaning. But just watching, you know, this military convoy going through, and it actually is the German countryside because they shot this at Bavaria Film Studios. Just seeing those shots is just a 
beautifully done scene. Yeah, I mean, especially the way that they they uh, the, they they start with uh, showing things from a distance, and then they get a little closer. You see all the the trucks and and the the, the motorcycles going along the way, and you know you can try and count how many uh, trucks are, are are moving along through this through these credits. Um, I actually counted ten trucks, uh, which is uh, quite interesting because. If you have 250 prisoners, which is what they said they had in the uh, camp, so they crammed in 25 uh, prisoners into each of these trucks. What, it's pretty ironic, though, because the trucks that they use in this, this movie are, are obviously not the original uh, make of the trucks that, that uh, possibly took these men to the camp at the time because these trucks actually were only made in, in 1950. It's a Mercedes-Benz L three five zero zero. I'm not a car person. I, I, uh, you know, <laughs> I just did a little bit of research, uh, so I couldn't tell you the difference between most Mercedes-Benz uh, cars or anything. But in this case, I, I find it to be pretty funny the way that trucks obviously look and feel the part. But I think there's a lot to do with the with the way that they did the production here. And I have to hope at least if Mercedes made these trucks, they're a little more comfortable than the back of what the American military uses for troop transport seven tons. Because you, know, you can't get much more. You're talking about you're talking about now. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean just from watching the intro, they seem to roll better on the road than what the American military uses now. But yeah, do you have anything on? you know, some of the history of the film for this episode, Rob? Well, as, as, uh, in, when we, when we get to tomorrow's episode, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the background of the, the, the story and the screenplay as we deal with those credits. But what, what I actually wanted to discuss here is the, the way that, that, uh, you know, we, we both mentioned the fact that the, the, the countryside looks so beautiful, you know, and, and we're dealing here with, with a, uh, uh, a war film that on the one hand, the heroes are all uh, prisoners, and they're the theoretically the I guess you can say the bad guys from the the German perspective because you know these are the prisoners. But when you when when you when you see them going through the countryside, it's beautiful countryside that they're going through. And uh, you know, in in another uh, few minutes, in a few days from now, we'll be talking about it. They'll actually get to the camp, and you can see then the the difference between how the camp looks and how everything in around the camp looks. So, the, the, I mean, the countryside is, is just done. They, they they filmed it really well. To you know, there there are a lot of stories of of uh, you know, uh, some of them are Holocaust stories, and some of them are just stories from people you know who experienced in World War II how life was was somewhat going on normal uh, for for people living in the Third Reich at the time. You know, not the ones who were who were obviously out on the battlefields, but the ones who were home. You know, even the ones who were who were living in in towns not far from concentration camps or whatever, you had the way that everything looked by them, and then a few miles away or whatever it is, you you have uh, atrocities uh, that are that are happening. Um, so I think that this is one of the things they're trying to show here, um, especially given the fact that I'm sure we'll discuss this uh, in later episodes that a lot of the cast and crew members you know fought in these areas or were were prisoners of war themselves during that time so to try and show the contrast here uh, the way that that the landscapes all look around you know on their journey to the camp and in the camp uh, uh, in order to contrast that with what's going on in the camp itself um, I found to be quite interesting 
Absolutely. And, you know, I just wanted to at least throw a few snapshot facts about the film out here in the first episode. Um, like I said, it was filmed in in Bavaria, which the actual camp was in what is now Poland, but, you know, it's still out there in the German area. It actually had an original budget of $3.8 million, ended up bringing in $11.7 million. So, box and that's, and that's, and that's money from 1963, you know, so, you know, if you want to translate that to, to what money is today, you know, that's, uh, this is definitely a blockbuster and it's completely, you know, we're talking about millions upon millions of dollars. Right. I also, you know, it did get a few nominations for some awards. So at the Golden Globes, it was nominated for best motion, motion picture at, the Oscars, it was nominated for Best Editing. And at the Moscow International Film Festival, which I didn't realize was a thing, Steve McQueen won the Best Actor Award. And in terms of where it is ranked now, on the IMDb top-rated films list, it is sitting at number 141 as of today. So I thought that... Yeah, that was pretty cool as well. Right. I mean, I I actually was very happy uh, about the fact that it was nominated for 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 best picture at the Golden Globes. I mean, it it, it lost the Cardinal. Um, I've seen that movie also. I've actually seen all eight of the movies that were nominated that year for it, and I still believe that The Great Escape is the best. But you know, I don't get the vote. <laughs> so. Oh, I didn't get to vote back then. Um, in addition, I, I think it's also nice to, to mention that this was actually uh, noted as one of the top ten films of the, on the National uh, Board of Review, which also says something about uh, you know what people thought of the movie at the time. You know, National Board of Review sometimes has has uh, you know popular uh, films on there, also not just you know movies that that, that are deemed as as Oscar type movies. Um, so the fact that they're able to that this this film made the top ten list, I think, is is uh, quite noteworthy. Did you have anything else we wanted to talk about here, Rob? Yeah, um, I, I I found it interesting the the way that they broke up the the cast list on this. In this in this minute, they actually um, list. All of the cast members. Uh, surprisingly, it, it fits exactly into this minute. And you basically have at the beginning, you know, the three top stars. You have uh, Steve McQueen, James Garner, and Richard Attenborough. And they all appear before the title of the, you know, they're, they're above the title. And then uh, after that, you have uh, nine co-stars. And then you, you have another uh, 15 actors who were, who were credited as with. And each one, the, the font gets a little smaller, obviously. Uh, I guess it all has to do with how much each is getting paid and what their uh, what their part is in that in this particular movie. So I, I found that to be very interesting the way that they did it. Obviously, movies back in in the early days of film, you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, up until uh, the 80s or so, most films had all of their credits at the beginning of the movie. You know what, what we all see today, uh, which uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are, are aware of. You know that that uh, uh, the way movies used to be made. When you're coming, when dealing with the credits, and the way they're they're done today are very different. Today you have all the credits at the end, and a lot more credits are shown today than than they were back then. You know, there they they just gave you the uh, the top credits basically. Um, so I just found it very interesting the the way that they split up the the actors in this list list. I mean, I I think it's it doesn't make sense for us to go into right now each of these actors. I think we'll, we'll it's better to talk about them once we actually uh, meet them. 
later on as the the film progresses and another great thing about this this minute is the music you know there's 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 no dialogue here whatsoever there's just you see the the the, the convoy uh traveling through the bavarian countryside but the the music which we'll talk about tomorrow because that's when we'll get to that credit but the the music has become so iconic and it's just it to me it's such a great opening of a movie that you can just have an entire minute where you just are watching a convoy driving through the countryside and then after that you have uh music soothing fun music to 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 take you through that journey that's all i got for this minute you got anything else no i just want to echo that that music is fantastic because yeah like you said there's very few movies that could do this kind of cold open and hold your attention the way this does and i feel like that music is very much a part of that but like you said we'll get into him tomorrow and talk a little more about the music so with that we hope you guys join us again tomorrow if you guys want to check us out on the assorted interwebs we our email address is thegreatminute at gmail.com. Our website is thegreatescapeminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at thegreatescapemxm. And we have a Facebook group. It's called The Cooler. You can search for that. And if you have the opportunity, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Tally-ho. Tally-ho.